Sri Vishnu Sahasranama, name 877, is Arha, which is very similar to the previous name, Priyarha. Priyarha, there are several meanings are given. One is that he is very dear and loving, therefore he is fit to be worshipped. And Arha gives a very similar meaning. Uh, Arha gives the sense of one who is worthy, who is fitting, who is eligible. This could mean for eligible for anything. It could be eligible for punishment. But it's specifically explained by the Acharyas in relation to Vishnu to mean who is the one who is fit to be worshipped. So again, that's uh, very similar to the previous name, Priyarha. It's a broader term, because not just because of his dearness. Uh, in this talk, we'll be discussing somewhat about some of the qualities of Bhagavan, Narayana, Vishnu, Krishna. He's fit to be worshipped because of his qualities. And practically, the whole of Vishnu Sahasranam is discussing the qualities of the Supreme Lord by which he is fit to be worshipped. So Arha, although it's not a very well-known name of the Supreme Lord, is one of those overarching terms which include everything else within it. All, all the other names can be directly related to it, especially a name that we had just recently, Gunabrit, one who has qualities specifically understood to mean inconceivable, transcendental qualities in relation to Vishnu. Uh, another name that is similar to Arha, or very closely related, which came previously in Vishnu Sahasranam, is Manya, which means respectable, worthy, deserving. Parashara Bhatta explains Arha to mean Ananya Sprihanam Teshamapi Ayameva Yogya Iti Arhaha. Yeah, Yogya. This is a synonym, close synonym to uh, Arha. He is the right one. He is the right one to be sought after by devotees who have no other desire. And the translator here is given no other desire than moksha. But we as Gauriyas who consider kaivalyam narakayate, the impersonal liberation to be like hell, and who are not particularly keen for moksha, uh, we would say that no other desire in life than simply to serve the Lord, that's all. Of course, in Sri Vaishnav, understanding moksha means service to the Lord, but it's, uh, there's a difference using, depending on which term you use, uh, there's a different emphasis. Parashara Bhatta refers in this regard to Lord Krishna's words in Bhagavad Gita, Asita sahi yuktatma gatim. Full verse is there, Udara. 
sarva evaite gani twat maiva mematam astitasahi yukta mam mam evanutamam gatim Krishna says that all these persons, the Arato Jignasa, Aratati, and Jnani, the distressed, the curious, the one desirous of wealth, and the the one in knowledge, they're all magnanimous souls, undoubtedly. But yeah, here in this verse we have the word Eva, giving a sense of underlining certainty, we have it twice. But the one who is knowledge, in knowledge, I consider, Krishna says, to be just, well, he says, to be me, which is understood in context to mean just like me. I consider him so close, Atmasat, one who is one with me in heart. We are so close to each other. Being engaged in my transcendental service, Krishna says about the jnani, he is sure to attain me the highest and most perfect goal. Jnani here means one who is in knowledge of Krishna's worthiness to be worshipped and therefore worships him. Baladev Vidya Bhushan gives a similar meaning to the name, but as, as Parashar Bhatta says, but it's, it's similar, but I think a little better. To get the gist that Baladev Vidyabhushan gives to this name or unfolds, explains for this name, we have to give, we have to see the explanations he gave, gave for the previous two names. Uh, two names ago came Abhiprai. Baladev Vidyabhushan said that Lord Vishnu, Bhagavan, he is completely permeated, filled up with a thoroughly loving disposition toward his devotees. Just as the moon is completely permeated with coolness, then 872 Priyarha, he, ignoring even Lakshmi, honors devotees who know his Swarup and act toward him with affection and unalloyed devotion, and therefore Arha is the one to be wholeheartedly worshipped by devotees after giving up anything and everything except him. Understanding him to be so loving, as is underlined in Baladev Vidyabhushan's explanations of Abhiprai and Priyarha, Understanding him to be so loving, he is the one who is to be worshipped by the devotees. So Priyarha Baladevidyabhushan explained that he honors his devotees who are dear to him. And Arha, he explains, as because of this, because he is so affectionately disposed to his devotees, he is the right one to be worshipped by his devotees. So there's the differentiation between Priyaha and Arha. Ananyas chintayanto maam ye janaf paryupasate te shaam nityabhi yuktanam yoga kshemam vahamyaham. Again, this verse of Gita comes to mind in this regard. 
for those who are wholeheartedly devoted to me, thinking of nothing or anyone except me. Ananyas Chintya, my devotees who are fully engaged in my service, always, Krishna says, Ananyas Chintyanto Mam Yajanam. I give everything to them that they need for their advancement. Ah, another verse which is even more applicable here. Ah, Ananya Cheta Satatam Yomam Smarati Nitya Shaha Tazyaham Sulabha Parta Nitya Yuktasya Yoginaha Those who are always thinking of me, Krishna says, very similar to the Ananyas Chintiyantava, ah, Ananyas Cheta Satatam Yomam Smarati Nityashaha. Those who remember me always to such devotees I'm very easily obtainable because they're always engaged in my service. So we see this. Devotees are very dear to Krishna, so he becomes very dear to them. He becomes uh, very much inclined to give himself to them, and it goes on like this. Satyadeva Vashishta catches the spirit of this name in his commentary, that persons who give up all interest in all external pleasures and they only seek the ultimate bliss. Again, in our Gorya path, we would take it beyond that. The devotees, they don't even seek bliss. They only seek to please the Lord. This is a very high concept. We don't find anyone but Gorya's uh, emphasizing this point or even mentioning it at all. Hardly. Who mentions it? So Satyadeva Vashishta says that persons who give up all interest in all external flimsy pleasures, desiring only the ultimate bliss, such learned persons direct fully all their efforts, all their spiritual practices, all their different ways and means of worship, and anything that is produced from that worship, just like they get some pious result, they offer everything to Bhagavan Vishnu, knowing him to be fit to be worshipped. This brings to mind Krishna's statement in Bhagavad Gita, yat karoshi, yad ashnasi, yajjuhoshi, dadasi yat, Whatever you do, whatever you eat, whatever charity you perform, whatever charity you give away, whatever austerities you perform, everything, anything you do, offer it to me, Krishna says. Satyadeva Vashishta points out that the word arhate occurs several times in the Vedas, and he gives one example. From Rigveda, Imam Stomam Arhate Jata Veda Se Ratimeva Samahema Manishaya Bhadrahina Pramati Rasya Sam Sadhyagne Sakye Ma Rishama Vayam Tava. No translation is given, so I won't give one either. Satyadeva Vashishta notes that. Every living being is in some way fit to be called arha because we all have arhatvam, the quality of being qualified for something or other. 
course, some people, just like we have in the Madhva Sampradaya, the concept of Narak Yoga, some souls are qualified for going to hell. But in relation to Vishnu, when we say Arha, we mean he's whatever qualification we have, whatever it is, is going to be very tiny anyway, because we're very tiny. And his qualities outshine all others, both in quantity and quality. Shankaracharya gives the meaning that one who is deserving of worship and he specifies that in the, in the mode of worship, the traditional um, method of worshipping Shalagram, the deity of Vishnu, first one offers an asana, a sitting place, calls the Lord, welcoming him to sit there, then offers him praise, uh, argya, this uh, water with various nice substances for the mouth, padya, water and other substances for washing the feet, stuti, namaska, again, offering prayers, um, obeisances, and so on, and so on, and so on. So, Shankara says, Swagata asana prashangsha argya padya stuti namaska adibi puja sadhanai pujaniya iti arha. He is the one who should be worshipped by offering a seat, offering welcome, praise, offering water, water for the mouth, water for the feet, glorification, prostrations. In Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 3, Chapter 15, Text 26, uh, the Supreme Lord Vishnu is described as Bhuvanaika Vandyam. I just came across this name while preparing this talk. It could have been included at many other points in this series of talks on Vishnu Sahasranama. It means he who is the one and only one in the world who is fit to be praised or prayed to. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu speaking to Sanatana Goswami. We'll find this in Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, Madhyalila, chapter 22. I'll read verse 95. Bhakta Bhatshal Kritagya Shamarta Badana. Lord Krishna is very kind to his devotees. He is always very grateful and magnanimous. And he possesses all abilities. A learned man does not give up Krishna to worship anyone else. Srila Prabhupada's purport. An intelligent person gives up the company of those who are attached to women and bereft of Krishna consciousness. One should be free from all kinds of material attachment and should take full shelter under the lotus feet of Krishna. Krishna is very kind to his devotees. He is always grateful and he never forgets the service of a devotee. He is also completely opulent and all-powerful. Why then should one take shelter of a demigod and leave Lord Krishna's shelter? If one worships a demigod and leaves Krishna, 
he must be considered the lowest fool. The next verse that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu speaks to, Chait- to Sanatana Goswami, Sanskrit verse, Kaf panditas tvadaparang sharanang samiyad bhakta prayadritagira sudridha kritagyad sarvandadati surido bhajato bhikaman atmanam apyapuchaya pachayonayasya My dear Lord, you are very affectionate to your devote. You are also a truthful and grateful friend. Where is that learned man who would give you up and surrender to someone else? You fulfill all the desires of your devotees so much so that sometimes you even give yourself to them. You neither increase nor decrease by such activity. This Chaitanya Mahaprabhu quotes from Srimad Bhagavatam. He goes on to say, Biggajane hoi jodi krishna guna gyan on the taji bhaje tate udhava praman. Whenever an experienced person develops real knowledge of Krishna and his transcendental qualities, he naturally gives up all other engagements and renders service to the Lord. Uddhava gives evidence concerning this. Actually, this is so rich, this Chaitanya Charitamrita Bhagavatam. I'm just reading the purport, reading the translations and purports, but it could be delved into uh, every word. It's so so much, so much is there. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu next quotes uh, Uddhava's famous words, we find them in the third canto of Bhagavatam, describing how merciful is Krishna. Aho baki yang stana kala kutam jighang sayapayayad apyasadvi lebhegating dhatu chitang tatonyam Kangvadayalam Sharanam Rajema. Ah! Ah! Oh! Oh, how wonderful! Oh, how wonderful it is! Putana, the sister of Bakasura, wanted to kill Krishna by smearing deadly poison on her breasts and having Krishna take it. Nonetheless, Lord Krishna accepted her as his mother, and thus she attained the destination befitting Krishna's mother. Of whom should I take shelter but Krishna, who is most merciful? So here we have Arha, the one who is fit to be taken shelter of because he is the most merciful. This is Krishna. Uh, Krishna means God. God means omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. That's the general definition or the uh, necessary condition to be God as uh, analyzed by Christian, Muslim, theologians and other points also. Krishna is so much more than the concept of God that I was, in the culture that I was raised in, the concept of God that is known there. Srila Prabhupada really introduced God for the first time to the Western world. That would seem to be a, uh, an arrogant statement, an outrageous statement to committed Christians or Muslims or uh, 
that Srila Prabhupada really brought God to the world for the first time. But God means more than a, some post. God means Krishna, the supreme person, supreme personality of Godhead. In my presentation of Vishnu Sahasranam, I'm discussing and, and developing, you could say, themes that I've learned from Srila Prabhupada, who really brought Krishna to the West and in India also, where there are so many misconceptions about Krishna, still to the present day, but previously much more widespread. In India also, Srila Prabhupada clarified that Krishna is not a mythical figure. He is not an ordinary person. He's not even a very great human being. He is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the source, maintainer, and controller of uncountable universes, both spiritual and mundane. As the super soul, he is present in every atom and in the heart of every living being. He knows everything, past, present, and future, which is a philosophically tough one if he knows everything in the future. Then, where's free will? I won't get into that discussion now. So Srila, Srila Prabhupada gave us Krishna, who is replete with six opulence, strength, fame, wealth, beauty, knowledge, renunciation, the reservoir of all auspicious qualities, of all rasas, akila, rasamrita, murti, gunabrit, unlimited quality, or transit, full of all transcendental qualities which makes him worshipable. So in all respects he is worshipable for his qualities, uh, for his opulences. I'll just discuss one of the qualities, fame. I'll just discuss a little bit about Krishna's fame. There are demigods in this world. Of course, the people of this world, this tiny little earth at the present time, being very puffed up, with their minuscule so-called knowledge, don't even recognize that demigods exist. But the demigods, are, they are famous within the universe. They're worshipped by lesser beings. Uh, not only in this universe or in other universe, there are demigods, but they all worship Krishna. He is present in all the universes. I'm talking about, well, material and spiritual, and he's worshipped in all the universes. Here in, in Kali Yuga, we're ignorant of him, but that's the fact. We're chanting Vishnu Sahasranam. It's chanted on higher planets, in all universes. His fame is so wide. Yang Brahma, Varunendra, Rudra, Marutastun, Vanti, Divyai, Stavair, Vedai, Sutta Goswami said, Unto that personality whom Brahma, Varuna, Indra, Rudra, and the Maruts, all the chief demigods, Praised by chanting transcendental hymns, 
and reciting the Vedas with all their corollaries, padakramas, the special sequential arrangement of mantras, and Upanishads, to whom the chanters of the Samaveda always sing, whom the perfected yogis see within their minds after fixing themselves in trance and becoming fully absorbed in thoughts of him, and whose limit can never be found by any demigod or demon, unto that supreme personality of Godhead I offer my humble obeisances. So you see, the more, the fact that more and more reasons why he is worshipable, he, the fact that he is worshipped, he's not just worshipable, but he is factually worshipped. Some idea of the, his greatness and how he's worshipped, who he's worshipped by, is given in this verse from Bhagavatam. He's eternally famous in the spiritual world. In this material world, as long as the material world exists, he's famous. I, so many people are famous. Fame comes and goes. Famous. So many famous people have come and gone. Even famous nations. How many people in the world nowadays know that there was once a great Carthaginian empire? Who ever even heard of it? Some people who are history bods, they may know, or even where Carthage might happen to be in the world. <laughs> there isn't a Carthage anymore. It's gone. Powerful, dominating empire, gone. Babylonian empire, gone. Fame, everything finished. We completely, for we completely forgot or we just have no knowledge of what happened in the history prior to, say, 6,000 years ago on this planet. We think, we, we talk about prehistoric times with the idea that we were all running around as, our forefathers were running around as savages, and then some of them started speaking Greek, and that was the beginning of civilization. But the Vedic knowledge teaches us there's been civilizations since the creation. But we don't know. So many famous kings came and went. We don't know, and therefore we say that no such civilizations existed. We refer to Indian mythology because we don't want to admit even the possibility of the fact that Actually, it's not mythology, it's true. <laughs> we claim that no civilizations existed prior to, what do they say? What's their latest figure? They're always changing the figures, say five or six thousand years ago. They say Homo erectus. At least a million years ago, the man was standing up on his two legs, but they didn't become civil. They didn't start speaking Greek and civilized languages till very recently. It's simply vanity, thinking that we are important. But another point is that the fame of greatly famous people. Who's a greatly famous person? In the world today, I go, yeah, the president of America, Joe Biden, famous, not very popular, but famous. Uh, maybe 
Vladimir Putin is very famous in the world today. I'm sitting in a village in Tamil Nadu. Who gives a damn about Biden or Putin? Or <laughs> what do they care? Whatever these people are doing. So yeah, famous people, but they'll be forgotten. Inevitably, sooner or later. Boris Yeltsin was the prime minister of Russia just a few years ago. Who, who knows or cares about him now? Fame, fleeting, temporary. But for Krishna, even though he's so famous, it's, it's incidental to him. He's not hung up on being famous. It's just, he just naturally takes his fame with grace. In the Vaikuntha worlds, there are millions of Lakshmi serving him. Chintamani prakarasatma sukalpa vriksha lakshavriteshu surabhirabhipalayantam lakshmi sahasrashata sambrama sevyamanam govindamadi purusham tamaham bhajami. I worship Govinda, the primeval lord, the first progenitor, who is tending the cows, yielding all desire, who dwells in abodes built with spiritual gems surrounded by millions of purpose trees, and who is always served with great reverence and affection by hundreds of thousands of Lakshmis or gopis. Krishna is everything. Nothing is separate from Krishna. He is known in all the worlds. Therefore, he has total fame. He's the ultimate goal of life for people who are intelligent and fortunate enough to make him the ultimate goal of life, which means the huge majority of living beings in existence Although it doesn't seem like that when we're on this miserable planet and this miserable Kali Yuga and people think that worshipping Krishna is some kind of anomaly. Devotees, what do they care? We'll go on. We'll go on worshipping Krishna. What do we care? What other people say? Parivaditu jano yatha tata va Nanumukaro Navayang Vicharayamaha Hari Rasamadirama Dati Matab Huvivilutama Nartama Nirvishama Rupa Goswami in Padyavali quotes this verse. Ah, people talk. They talk. Let them talk. Let blah, 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 blah. Let them go on talking. Let them go on criticizing us. What do we care for them? What they say about us? As far as we are concerned, we'll go on drinking the intoxicating nectar of discussions of Krishna and his pastimes and the, the rasas derived from that and becoming fully intoxicated, we'll roll on the ground, we'll dance. <laughs> this is the attitude of the devotees. We're going to worship Krishna. He is worshipable. Let us worship him. Let other people say what they like. Another verse from Padyavali. 
Vatsalyad abhaya pradaha samayad artarti nirvapanad Odaryad agashosharnad agranita shrayapada praparnat Savya Sri Patireva Sarva Jagatam Ete Yata Sakshinaha Prahladas Chavi Bhishanas Chakarirat Panchalya Halyadhruvaha Because he, Krishna, is very affectionate, he promises to give fearlessness to his devotees. He removes his devotees' sufferings. He is generous. He takes away his devotees' sins. And he bestows limitless auspiciousness. And because Prahlada, Vibhishana, Gajendra, Draupadi, Ahalya, and Dhruva testify to these virtues, Lord Krishna, the husband of the goddess of fortune, should be served by all the worlds. So the conclusion of this verse is that he should be served by all the worlds. He is Arha. He is the one who is worthy of worship. This specific question was raised, who is the one who is most worthy of worship? At the uh, Yagya, Rajasuya Yagya, performed by Yudhishthira Maharaj, the question arose, who should be worshipped first? There are so many respectable persons here. To whom should Agra Puja be offered? Uh, Agra Puja means the worship which is first offered to the most respectable person in the assembly. In fact, Yudhishthira Maharaj, he organized this Rajasuya Yagya, not for his own name and fame, but specifically to demonstrate this point to the whole world and to generations forever thereafter, including us here now, that it is Krishna who is to be worshipped by everyone. There were various discussions on this point. This is described in Srimad Bhagavatam in some more detail in Sri Mahabharata that Bhishma spoke up in favor of Krishna and Sahadev also said, and Sahadev, the first words of Sahadev that are recorded in this regard in Srimad Bhagavatam begin with, with the words, Arhati, who is worthy? Uh, Arhati hi achuta. Achuta means Krishna. Sahadev said, Arhati hi achuta shraishtyang bhagavan satvatang patihi Esha vai devata sarva desha kala dhanadayaha. Certainly, it is Achuta, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Sahadev said, and chief of the Yadavas who deserves the highest position. In truth, he himself comprises all the demigods worshipped in sacrifice, along with such aspects of the worship as the sacred place, the time, and the paraphernalia. So Krishna comprises everything. You're going to worship the most worshipable, but Krishna himself comprises all the ingredients of worship. We have in Bhagavad Gita, Brahmarpanam Brahmahavir, 
mantra ham aham eva jam in various places Krishna says that he is the sacrifice, he is the paraphernalia of sacrifice. We'll discuss this more when we come to several names in an, about a hundred names from now discussing Yagya. So Sahadev went on to say, this entire universe is founded upon him, founded by him and upon him, as are the great sacrificial performances with their sacred fires, oblations and mantras. Sankhya and Yoga both aim for him because he is the one without a second. Oh, members of this august assembly, Sahadev said, that unborn Lord, relying solely upon himself, creates, maintains, and destroys this cosmos by his personal energies. And thus the existence of this universe depends on him alone. He creates the many activities of this world, and thus by his grace the whole world endeavors for the ideals of dharma, artha, karma, and moksha. Religiosity, economic development, sense gratification, and liberation. Therefore, Sahadev continued, we should give the highest honor to Krishna, the Supreme Lord. If we do so, we will be honoring all living beings and also our own selves. In other words, Sahadev said, it's not simply a matter of offering, of worshiping Krishna first. There's really no need to worship anyone else. Therefore, he is Arha. He is the one worthy to be worshipped. When Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked Ramananda Rai, which is the best kind of worship? Or worship of whom is the best? Uh, Ramananda Rai replied, well, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked, Upasha Madde Kon Upasha Pradhan. Chaitanya Mahabharu asked, among all worshipable objects or persons, which or whom is the chief? Ramananda Rai replied, Shreshta Upasya Jugal Radha Krishna Nam. The chief worshipable object is the holy name of Radha and Krishna, the, the Hari Krishna mantra, Radha Krishna Nam. So that's an expansion on the idea that Krishna is most worshipable, but particularly Krishna with Radha. And then how do you worship them? Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. One commentator, Raghunatha Tirtha, gives a different uh, understanding of this name, Arha. He says, Artha Priyakrit. He bestows affection and blessings on the devotees who are deserving of that. A little comment here. Arhat or Arhata or in Pali, Arahant. This term is used in Buddhism to mean someone who is a holy man, enlightened man, enlightened personality, gives the idea of someone who has merit, uh, being entitled for such worship, who should be honored or worshipped. Here is the Lord who is to be worshipped. Let us worship him. 
ตาหาพีรัมนัทวาระวะพุขานะยอขานิขารัมวิบรัตวาสะขานะกาขะพิชัมไวเจยันทีมชะมาลัมรันธรานเวนอรอัธรสุเดยาภูรยันโกปวิน